The following is an unedited full-length recording of the November 14, 2017 Board of Selectmen meeting. Video of Board of Selectmen meetings air on the Government Channel in Foxborough and are also available on the Foxborough Cable Access website at fcatv.org. Meeting coverage is made available through the efforts of Foxborough Cable Access on behalf of the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. This meeting runs just under one hour and 44 minutes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the November 14th uh, Board of Selectmen's meeting. <clears throat> Read the agenda. 7 o'clock, we have citizens' input. 7.05, uh, SEMREC, discussion vote, intermunicipal agreement between the town and SEMREC. 7.20, public hearing, uh, Board of Assessors. Uh, H. Simons, R. Scollins, classification hearing. 7.50, selectmen's update. 8 o'clock, town manager's update. 810, Assistant Town Manager update, and we have a bunch of action items. Uh, I believe it's my turn to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> a little bit after 7. Is there anybody here for citizen input? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yep, you have to come up. I'm back. Cat Stevens, 63 Mechanic Street. Do I talk to about traffic in town? Well, it depends. Us to start, since you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I know you oversee the police department. I've already been in touch with Sean Buckley, because I called the chief. And I guess he's the new traffic officer. Um, hmm? I don't know what his I don't know what his rank is. Sean Buckley. Sean Buckley. Yeah. So um, he's already been absolutely wonderful in the past week. Um, but I wanted to find out. Uh, my mother lives in Randolph. The whole town of Randolph went to 25 miles an hour in the entire town, except for where posted. No, it has done the same thing. I go to work. I drive through Milton. Milton's got speed signs up. There's solar signs. I have pictures of them. I left my posters out in the car because I didn't want to bore you with all those posters that I started with last year. Um, but I wanted to try and find out about the traffic. I also have been involved in walking. I, I mean, I live on Mechanic Street, so my neighborhood is the center of town. And when I walk up here, nobody stops for you in the crosswalks. I was talking to Jack Offalette. He and his wife walked during the day. He's, he has trouble with people stopping to let them cross the street. And now we've got this new proposed expansion, knocking down those two houses and put up, putting up seven, 67 housing units. Um, so I'm, now I'm, I'm back about the traffic issues and the speed. So I wanted to know, what, how do I proceed? Well, there, there, there are two ways to address that. I'll, I'll, I'll try to respond on the board's behalf. I mean, the, the two ways to proceed, one is to, to do uh, another analysis of the traffic on, um, on Mechanic Street to see where, how much the traffic has actually changed from the last time we looked at it to now. The second is to talk with the police department to see what kind of patrols they're, they're running there currently, um, and also to do um, 
to see what kind of postings are like, existing and to see if any signs. We last time we we had this conversation, we actually changed signs, mm-hmm. so we we took care of that issue and we also did some analysis of the uh, of the traffic on that road at that time. So I'd like to see what kind of additional remedies can be made available. Um, well, I I'm not sure, I'm not sure how I'm not sure how um, Norwood and um, Randolph are doing 25 miles an hour with us. Some and there might be special legislation to do that because I don't. I think it's 30 is the standard, and unless unless it's acted on otherwise, not sure if that's a local requirement or a state state requirement. So I, I'll have to check on that. Okay, all right. I can check on that. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Sure. Um, yeah, Mechanic Street has become the exit, the new alternate exit on the highway for everybody that works at the stadium. Mm-hmm. And they don't take a right at Chestnut Street, which would make it much easier for them to get to where they need to get. <coughs> the signs point them straight up Mechanic Street. With the expansion of, like I said before, Cumberland Farms went from four bays to, I don't even know, 12, 10, 12. So the trucks, the delivery trucks are whipping up Mechanic Street. I, I love where I live, mm-hmm. and it's my neighborhood, but it's become a main street. And anytime mm-hmm. there's a problem on 95, everybody gets off Mechanic Street and starts to funnel through town. They don't care how fast they're going. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, you know, I'm being entirely honest with you. There's not a lot we can do about those situations, but we can, we can, if we can try and regulate the speed and we mm-hmm. can... Um, um, see if, in fact, there are ways to uh, further discourage speeding along those roads. Speed, speed is something that can be controlled to a degree. Mm-hmm. We can't control the number of cars. I mean, that, that, that's well, an that issue. I know. Yeah, I that, understand that's an that. Issue. Right. Okay. okay. So I I'll, be happy to, I'll be happy to sit with you, and, and I'll try. I'll have a t- department head meeting tomorrow morning. I'll speak with both the chief and the public works director to see if, in fact, there's uh, steps we can take, and I'll be happy to talk to you tomorrow afternoon if you want. Okay. <clears throat> Feel yep. free to give me a call tomorrow. And just so you all know, there's still no crossing sign at the bottom of the hill at the high school, at the crosswalk, where you've always held your meetings. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, apparently it can be done through a town meeting action, if that is, in, in fact, the, the town, the... Uh, I just looked it up. Milton just, uh, yeah. did it um, during the during town meeting. We can request a, a lower speed limit. That could be a warrant article <clears throat> for consideration. In okay. May of 2017. Well, it's a May meeting. That would give us plenty of time to investigate and to consider it. Consider it. Yeah. Okay. I, I would think we'd we'd want to have. Uh, Couple of discussions on that. Oh, no question. I think it's, that, that requires that impacts a lot of things. A lot of people, right? And they had a neighborhood. Uh, it looks like they had East Mountain Neighborhood Association Traffic Committee. So they had a formal committee that was mm-hmm. uh, made up of you know interested citizens, and I think one selectman was involved as well. Okay. We'll, we'll look at it. Okay. Right, seven seven ten. I'll take the seven oh five Semrec discuss vote intermunicipal agreement between the town and Semrec. So I'm happy to uh, just explain this. This is um, another 
it's another piece of our initial startup process that we were doing for, for the, the SEMREC program. The Foxborough was the, the initial uh, grantee for the SEMREC grant. And as such, we're, we're housing the director here temporarily, and we're also um, so the, and the grant actually the grant funds will actually come to Foxborough. So because until we actually have a place which we will call SEMREC, which we hope to have sometime in the, in, the, in 2019, maybe even before that. Um, so we, we're housing the, the funds here. So what what this ha what this means is that the grant actually comes to Foxborough, and so we ha in order to, to pay for it, this is a reimbursable grant. So therefore, we have to we have to front money to do that. But I'm not. But the proper way to do that is to have an intermissible agreement between Semrec and Foxborough to do that, because the funds will go to Semrec, but Foxborough has to do that. So the proper step is to have a intermissible agreement that allows us to do that. So this is what this does. The 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 Semrec board um, took up this action yesterday, and they voted to approve it and to send it to to and send it to this board for consideration. Um, the um, you'll note that it, actually I signed it because I'm I'm chairman of that that committee, so um, we we took that action yesterday and so it, it's there before you tonight. So I'm happy to take any questions. Uh, I reviewed it. I reviewed it with town council. I've also reviewed it with um, uh, with Randy, and it's the it's the appropriate action that we should be taking. I have several questions. Um, why is the grant, if all, if four towns are going in on this, why is the money coming to Foxborough? Why are the, why are we the ones? Well, well, somebody had to take the lead, and the, and the only, at the time, don't forget there was, the time we were doing, I think Mansfield was, lost its town manager, and and, um, and, then, and, and so did uh, Easton at the time. So they, they, they had no, no person in charge. So we were, so we started the process working with, with all four towns, and so we basically said, well, somebody's going to be able to take the lead, so we might as well do it. Um, so we agreed to do it, and um, there's really no impact to us by doing this. All the money comes back to through the grant, and the grant is already approved. So we know the money is already approved and it's coming to us. So we just have to take this one step. Is that why it was added so late onto the agenda? An article, like, a thing like this. Well, we, the summit board didn't meet until yesterday, so we wanted to try and get try to get it approved. Time. Crunch on getting this done. Well, we we want to get the director paid. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. He's he's uh, gone. He's he's actually on on he's working now, and it's it's the appropriate step to to get him paid. So. My thought is any I mean, the document that is on here to me is an incomplete document. It's not an exhibit A. It just says refer to exhibit A, and it's a blank page. So, um, so Exhibit A is that's the the, doc, the director is so new, he's preparing the actual budget now for that process. So, so how can we vote on something that? Well, the the only thing we're we're approving is the actual concept of approve of take of, of fronting the money, and then having the the um, and then the, the money coming back to the to the town through this through the grant. So the only thing that we're approving right now, and I'll have that for you in just a matter of, you know, a matter of a few weeks, we'll have an actual budget in place. Um, is to actually because um, I, I need to pay him at some point. Uh, he needs to be. He's working now for us. So and it's sort of, it's like a chicken and egg type of thing. Which comes first? And I have I had to make sure all these steps were followed in order to get this in place. So you want us to vote on something we got 
24 hours ago. Right. It's it's, it's, it's been it's been vetted through town council. It's been vetted through all four towns. All four towns have have, have agreed to it. Uh, all four, you know, all four, four four board members have agreed to it. So, I mean, I wouldn't put anything in front of you. I mean, I'm chairman of the committee. I wouldn't do anything. No, I, and I'm not questioning that, but it's like this, you know, we post our document, mm -hmm. our, our agenda on Friday, mm -hmm. um, and then to have this added where it's an actual contract that you need our signatures on, we don't have complete information that was posted. Um, I'm not comfortable voting on it tonight. Well, like I said, the only thing you, that's missing is the Exhibit A, which is to be is being developed as we speak. The only thing that's going to be paid right now is really just the salary, and, and maybe Randy can try to help you with that question. So. Randy, <clears throat> whatever your pleasure is. Yeah. That's good. good evening. Um, the the, the uh, agreement here is really just belt and suspenders for the town. Um, it is a reimbursable grant, meaning whatever funds the town puts out, we are going to receive back as a grant through the grant account. Um, but in order for us to legally pay um, the uh, director, um, there's no, we have no authority um, you know, to do that um, unless we get this belt and suspenders that is basically going to put uh, the other towns on the hook um, you know, for any costs that we don't, we don't get, you know, reimbursed for. And it's similar to like a Chapter 90 uh, grant, like a road grant. Mm -hmm. It's reimbursable, you know, big numbers, um, and we have to spend the money first, and then we receive, uh, after submitting documentation, we receive um, the funds later. So this is, that's how this is going to work. The director's salary is reimbursable, but what this will do is this will bind the other communities um, further with the fact that the town of Foxborough is fronting the funds. And Mansfield did this uh, for the MFN uh, sewer agreement. They did that, um, you know, for, the, for, uh, Mans for Norfolk and, I mean, Norton and Foxborough. They took the lead in that, in that particular situation. What, so. What's the total size of the grant that we're talking about? A million and a half. And that's so just that the whole million and a half is coming to us and where did we know that? Oh, yeah. It was a, we, we applied for a $5.4 million grant. Yeah, but, I mean, I thought during that whole process it was the collective group was applying. Well, they did. They, they did. And initially, uh, you know, we, we looked to set this up as a separate entity, which ultimately it will be. We already have a separate tax ID for SEMREC, and we actually have a, a, a bank account for SEMREC, you know, with nothing in it. But the way that um, the E911 um, – grant works that uh, the, the director has, has learned is that um, for this grant, because Foxborough was actually named on the grant for this year, the funds have to flow through Foxborough if they're going to be reimbursable. For the following grants that come after this, um, th those will be set up under the now SEMREC tax ID that we have, and, and we, the, the town won't be, um, won't be sort of the advancer of funds. SEMREC will be its own entity, but because um, Foxborough was named on the grant as the, as the host, um, you know, we, ne we needed to receive the funds so we can prove that we paid them out and E911 would, would refund us. So the, the entire grant will flow through the town? Just, just this particular right. grant, just the first year of the grant, the one and a half million. After that, the grant will be applied for 
under SEMREC now that it's formally established and it's got its own tax ID and it'll be separate and apart, you know, from uh, all four towns. So it's, it's, it's like, as I said, it's a chicken and egg thing. So at some point, it, it, the initial phase has to be somebody has to take the lead on it. In the, in the, in the sewer process, the uh, Mansfield took the lead on that. Mm-hmm. We followed suit and did the same thing and followed, and followed their lead on it. In this case, everybody's following our lead on this. And on top of that, um, I've had, I've, I just spoke with the, the we had the E911 director. And he was here last, last week to, to, to review the terms and, and confirmed everything I've just told you. I guess I don't have any issue with the whole funding and, and the reimbursing. My issue is this getting post put on our agenda less, well, a little over 24 hours. Well, we, we, were, we were supposed to have the meeting last week, and it was supposed to have the meeting that was supposed to be on Thursday. And what happened was the um, one of the towns failed to, to post the meeting properly. So we had, to, we had to change the meeting to Monday at the last meeting, and I didn't feel comfortable putting that on there until I had the approval of the board. So the board actually approved it yesterday, which is the, the, the reason, the, the real reason why it happened. Is something like this, are we violating any state law by adding something like a, a physical contract signing with not enough notice? No. No, this is, this is just an agreement. It's an agreement between all four towns and, and, and Semrick to make sure the funds are properly properly handled and they get re- and the town get, town of Foxborough gets properly reimbursed. So we're basically binding the other four towns by doing this. And wouldn't this fall under the um, items of business unanticipated within 48 hours of the meeting sort of thing? I mean, that would be like a, you know, an action item type of thing. We've done that before, but, I mean, you're looking for a legal signature legal document. Well, I, I didn't feel comfortable putting this on as an action item because... It, no, it, and it, I don't think it is, yeah, but I also right. don't think that just putting it on 24 hours ago... Um, well, I guess my question to you would be, what, what's your concern? Because I, I... Well, my concern, A, when I read it, yeah. the third paragraph says refer to Exhibit A. Exhibit right. A is blank. Right. So, um, so as I just explained... You know, that's in the process of happening because he's only been on the job for a week and a half. No, I know. And it seems like we're rushing to do this. And, and it's – I understand what we're doing, but my whole thing is we've told everybody thousands of times we don't want something last minute. And to me, something like this is last minute and it's incomplete. Well, I, it's, I apologize for the last minute, but given the circumstances, I didn't know another way to do it. Because given the, we would have approved it last Thursday, and it would have been on your agenda for Friday. There would have been no issue. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. It was beyond my control. We posted it properly. It was the other, one of the other towns that didn't. Question yep. to the chair. Um, would it make sense to have somewhere in here what the grant is? Uh, we're asking questions. How much in your telling us is $1.5 million, but there's no reference in here to what the name of the grant is, how much it is, what the payback is, what the reimbursables are. That information has to be someplace, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it says in the first whereas, uh, being a reimbursable grant, whereby funds must be first expended before they are reimbursed for the Commonwealth the grant. Okay. So if we expend $6 million, too much, there's no reference 
other than it's a grant and it will reimburse us for our expenses. So if if you uh, if you want, I can put an attachment B to it, which would be the actual grant itself. I'm happy to do that. So so it, there's a grant that says for 1.5 million and all the conditions and the terms for payback and what's reimbursable. Right. And that, in fact, Randy has all that information in his office now, as well as, as I can have I can provide a copy yeah. of that to everybody too. That's 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 easily done. Yeah. I mean, the the lateness uh, that that's one item that's being brought up, but having this that we sign it today and it says it's for a grant mm -hmm. other than going to your office or, or asking Randy I'm a reader everyone here wants to that information we sure. don't want to have to do this at the selectmen's meeting on television in front of everybody mm -hmm. a grant with, with what the payback terms are what all that stuff is we may have no comments but not having the stuff or you know even the exhibit mm -hmm. There's nothing to sign other than we're going to go into an agreement for a grant, period, but no information. Well, I, I do have the grant document. I'm happy to share it with anybody who wants it. I, I'll be happy to give it to you. I can give it to you momentarily if you'd like. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's. Um, I, I guess my point to all this, I'm not going to bind the town on something that we haven't committed to as a, as a group already in doing this. So this, and, and the terms of that are... are for the record, on $1.5 million in excess of that, actually, a little over $1.5 million. So, um, but uh, I can't, I, I, I can't it, may, it may be a 100% yeah. there, in, yeah. you know, but why not put it here so we have it when we're signing something that we can reference something? That, that's all I'm saying. It's a, you know, we've been through this over the last, on the E911 and the, the meetings yeah. and the information, but, the, but it's not here in front of us to look at. Even, we'll put it this way. If it was last minute, make it as easy as possible for us to understand it. I, I was just going to say, you know, as a worst case, hypothetically, if the board was inclined not to sign tonight and sign it in two weeks, um, we can still pay um, the director and front those funds. Um, all we would have lost over the two weeks um, is you know, the, the signed commitment um, that should something happen with the grant and any funds we expend over the next two weeks, um, technically the other towns wouldn't be on the hook for them. You know, so th this is actually a belt and suspenders for the town just to ensure that, um, you know, if something does happen with the grant, which nobody's right. anticipating, that, um, that the other towns are going to pick up their share. Well, I, th I think it's um, – we, we said – if we don't do things the right way, uh, we things tend to get loose. And I want to make sure that we tighten tighten this up. And I, I agree with Chris, and I, I agree with Jim. Um, let's let's have all the information in front of us. I don't think any of us has a problem with with the document, but let's mm -hmm. let's make the document complete because nobody wants to sign an incomplete document. You wouldn't do it uh, on your in your in your personal lives. I'm certainly not going to do it. Um, in our board of selectmen world, um, so I would suggest getting getting the document 100% uh, complete. Um, if we delay, <clears throat> there's really no risk other than, you know, if the other towns, if, if we didn't sign this document. So that's that's the only risk is if we don't sign the document. The, the only risk is if, if something went wrong with the grant. For whatever reason, for what we just, you know, what we expend in the next payroll on the director, for whatever reason, the, you know, the, the grant 
becomes non-reimbursable, or the grant goes away, which I can't, which it really can't. It's a signed commitment right, it's a, from it's the a signed state. Commitment. But in that worst case scenario, you know, without this, technically the other three towns, um, you know, could could skate away. But not that I expect that they would. So, I, so I don't see any huge risk. We're still going to pay the individual. Okay. I got one more question on the if we're paying this person or paying these for the first year. Um, Benefits, all that is that on Foxboroughs? Or? No, it gets it gets split up uh, all four towns. The, the grant like, the grant pays for uh, place one hundred percent of the salary. The only thing the only benefit that we're, that really he's being uh, um, assessed would be just the pension piece, and that goes to all four towns. It's it's assessed equally to all four towns. So the other part of this agreement is to you know cement the commitment that all all the towns have to. Um, pay their 25% share of those non-reimbursable costs. And all of those for the first year will come to Foxborough from the other three towns, the, the 25%? Yes. Well, in, in May, we'll, we'll need to have an appropriate, each town will have to have an appropriation for this now, and then, um, and then uh, we will be able to assess um, each of the towns, uh, you know, in May for their share. For the first year, it sounds like we're the ones that are, we're physically writing the check, so correct. Those twenty-five percent from the other three towns will come to us. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then going forward, yeah. it'll just go into a big. It'll, it'll move into a, a completely discrete um, entity, the Semrec entity, which now has its own tax identification number, its own bank account, with nothing mm -hmm. in it right now. And so the new grant or the next grant will then operate out of that, and there'll be no need <coughs> for uh, for this uh, agree agreement. What's the financial oversight, like the the Randy Scollinses of the other three towns, kind of financially? Looking we actually at that? have our own. We have our, have our own treasurer for yeah, that. For the summer, yeah. Okay. Kind kind of do the chair related but unrelated on the related on the big picture. So the the, the grant that we move forward with, there's no end date, so it's just a one-time signature. We've got that 1.5 million coming in. A few months ago, we had a question that related to a decision that we made a few years ago. I think it was, might have been before your time, where we took the highway department, we took the water and sewer department, we took the parks and recreation, kind of put it all together because it was the right thing to do moving forward. It was going to be more efficient, mm -hmm. keeping up in times. And then the question was asked by a couple of the members, how much has been the savings over the time? And we had our uh, highway uh, well, superintendent director come in, and he said, well, we don't know what that number is, but it was the right thing to do. Um, when we made that decision years ago, we were going to try to tabulate that, some type of a, a savings mechanism, dollars mm -hmm. from the taxpayer. Is there a way that we can take our snapshot in 2017 for the labor Overhead bricks and mortar of what it's costing us in Foxborough to run the E911, move it ahead over inflation, and then reevaluate it in, say, January 1st of 2018, January 1st of 2019 and 20. So, in three years, when this E911 is running, are we paying over the top more than what we would be doing? You know, services aside, um, I, I was a little disappointed when that question was asked and we had no way to answer how much 
it cost us or savings Meaning from the, the merger. DPW. Yeah. The DPW. Okay. So this is the same thing on a different level. We're merging with other towns. Right. I want to be able, you know, whoever's sitting here in three years, mm-hmm. to see where that decision brought us. Well, so let me just answer that a couple ways. First of all, the, the money that we're paying, almost nearly 98% of this will be paid for by the grant. The startup costs, right? So the, the 1.5 million. So, mm-hmm. so we we won't be fully operational until we're shooting for July 1st of 2019, all right? So we're, we're less than we're about a year and a half away. Okay. So um, at that point in time, we'll actually start assessing each community the cost of doing that, and we actually explained that during our presentations to do this initially, where it sh- where it clearly showed that. The savings were on two levels. One was operationally, there should be savings based upon the cost of, of having um, a fewer number of dispatches in total versus the no- number that's going on in each, each community. So right now there's like roughly 40 dispatches, and this one will have about 25. Okay. So, so if I'm are, understanding you, the, the information's there. Yeah. So when this, you know, if there's, if there's an attachment A with the numbers, attachment yeah. B with the contract, can there be an attachment C that's on this contract? that we look back in a year, two years, in 2019, so we have something to reference. And what I'm, con- what I'm looking for is what is it costing us now mm-hmm. and then what it's costing us in 2019 and 20. Mm-hmm. Information disappears and new board members mm-hmm. come, but if it's a tied to a contract, and, and what I'm concerned about is if in the future the funding goes away, mm-hmm. this isn't guaranteed. Right. You know, and I remember through those presentations it was a good opportunity because the money's there. Who knows what it's going to be in 2021? I just want to see if we have to go back where, where we are right now. So I, I, it, it's fine. Well, you want to? Go yeah, ahead. I was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, today, you know, Foxborough's entire dispatch operation, you know, ha- is its own department, um, and it has its own budget. You know, which is it's voted on annually. We report on the actuals. Those those don't get lost. Mm-hmm. Those are those will be the, here in you know in perpetuity and certainly for the for the next few years until. So dispatch in, in Foxborough isn't a, um, a a department that's funding you know dis, dispatchers in Foxborough. At that point, um, I, I imagine because there will be some sort of annual assessment um, to each of the communities for the non-reimbursable costs, um, that that will still be a, a voted appropriation at town meeting on the dispatch line. It just won't be to the scale. That we have, because all of the the, the majority of the funds will now be um, going, uh, being collected and uh, paid out of a, a different entity. That's not a Foxborough entity; it will be a joint entity. So we will have, you know, over, as time progresses, you know, we will have the history of what dispatch costs us, just in the appropriations and the actuals, mm-hmm. and then as as we migrate away from the current operation, you know, we will see, you know, the lower expense. So absolutely. You know that that should not be uh, an issue at all for this town to to do yeah. a comparison what it was costing us then and, and what it's going to cost us once this is up and running. Understood and appreciated. If I asked you that same question, what was the cost for our highway department and water and sewer? They were all separate entities. Mm-hmm. So that information was explained to us that it's hard to compare because that was then. This is now. I, I want to be able to compare, and if we have a document now that has that startup that that we're leaving without having to go back three years, you know, past to find it. Mm-hmm. I mean, three years from now, trying to look back, can it be an attachment here where it's on this that we can look at it? 
I think it's the, the present one of the slides that we did for the, the yeah. joint presentation, which you know. Yeah, it's actually which, all there. Which showed so we can, um, we can, what, okay. what the budget. So, so could that be an attachment to this when we sign? It, it? could be. I, I just think, and then the question is, um, the other three towns want to do the same type of thing. Well, no, we, no, we, no, we that, actually, that, no. This I is, don't this care is about the, the other towns just, and what the, their the costs are. Yeah. I'm concerned. I'm asking about Foxborough. And this agreement is between the Sumrick and the town of Foxborough. Yeah. Right. I don't care about the other towns. Yeah, and I think this actually, if I'm not mistaken, Randy, I think this agreement doesn't really stay in place well just much beyond July 1st. No, I think once the, you know, once this $1.5 grant is, is uh, you know, fully expended and reimbursed, then there's no further need for, for this agreement. This is just to get us through that the first uh, first Six months, grant. seven months. Okay. That's all. Jenny, do you have any concerns? Uh, no, just we already have the grant. Mm -hmm. And this document is just the instrument to be so that we can be reimbursed Correct. for the expenses for the SEMREC. And that's all, that's all this from, is. From the, from the other communities. We're, we're already at the grant allows us to be re reimbursed already from E911. Mm -hmm. This is because the town of Foxborough would be fronting some funds before we get reimbursed or some non-reimbursable pieces that the other communities would be on the hook for mm -hmm. their respective share, basically 75% if a we didn't get the grant funds or for 75% of the non-reimbursable pieces. This locks that in. Right. So regardless of whether attachment A is ready, we have uh, we don't have attachment B. It's still this is the instrument that allow that will allow us to get reimbursed for right. that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. So as long as this doesn't impact um, paying the director, uh, I, I would recommend no action tonight until we get. Um, the remaining documents as part of this? Well, I, the question is, will I have, I, I'll try and have the budget for you by then. Um, I, don't, I don't think the budget is, is even material because it's $1.5 million. That's the grant. Okay. That's so that's, what, that's, that's what, what you're looking for is the attachment? Yeah. Is the, is the grant itself? Yeah. That's fine. We can do that. Can do that. I can do that in ten minutes. So that's easy. Uh, I, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> I'll be clear. I'm, I'm looking for more than that, to be honest with you. I'm looking to see a snapshot of where we are right now. Okay. And if it's there, maybe it takes you 12 minutes because it's the PowerPoint. Yeah, that's slides. fine. We have, we have both. You know, so that's I'm not being facetious, uh, but we have, no, we have if both. we have it and you say we have it, put it in there so it's documented when we sign it okay. so we can refer years back to it. That's all I'm saying. Right. I'm not asking you to recreate and no, pull we, everything we, apart. No, we have both documents. So it would be attachment A and attachment B. Yeah, like, like I said, as long as it doesn't impact the director's pay, we can pay them. Let's get, let's get this document complete. Right. And, Okay. We'll take it up at the next meeting. Very good. The document itself that we're looking at, is this a final document? Minus like the Minus the attachments. Minus the attachments. <clears throat> okay. Um, <clears throat> there should be some sort of an end date. Maybe I'm missing it in there. And there's well, a couple the, of... Yeah, couple the, the of, end date uh, would be effectively the time when we no longer need it, which would be... I don't want to put a date on there because I don't know the exact date when that will happen, but it could be. Yeah, exactly. Should that, can you ask counsel? I mean, I think that any legally binding contract should probably have an end or that. And there's a couple of errors in this from a 
reading perspective um, that I saw. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to review those with you if you okay. want. Okay. Good. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay. Uh, being 7.37, um, Doc, would you open the public hearing for the Board of Assessors classification hearing? The Board of Selectmen of the Town of Foxborough will hold a public hearing at the Andrew A. Gala Jr. Meeting Room at the Foxborough Town Hall, 40 South Street, Foxborough, Mass., on Tuesday, November 14, 2017, at 7.20 p.m. with the Board of Assessors, Chief Assessor, and the Finance Director to review property valuations and the total values of all property subject to taxation in each of the four classes of real property as defined by law. The Board of Selectmen will vote on the adoption of a, a residential factor and then determine within prescribed limits calculated by the Department of Rev Revenue what percentage of the tax burden is to be borne by each property class. The Board of Assessors, Chief Assessor, and the Finance Director will provide information and data relevant to making these policy decisions, including the fiscal effect of the available alternatives. All interested persons are encouraged to attend the hearing and will have the right to uh, provide oral and written comments or suggestions. Board of Selectmen, Foxborough, Mass., Mark Elfman, Clerk. Welcome. Welcome back. We had we had um, an educational meeting about a month ago. Yes. Uh, how this all works. So we should all be well versed in this. Chairman, we just need to open up our meeting again for the joint. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Thank you. Great. Um, so again, I'm not really redundant with, uh, with what um, Suckman Elfman just read, but the purpose of our meeting here is to review the property valuations of property classes subject to taxation and decide where, whether to maintain a split tax rate or eliminate um, the split or modify the split by shifting the burden between the residential class, which is one class, um, and the business classes of property, which, is, which are three classes, commercial, industrial, and personal property. Hence the terminology classification hearing. Um, the context here is uh, this hearing is required as an annual touchstone along the way to having the town's tax rate set and ultimately approved by the Department of Revenue. And once the classification decision is made by this board, the last components of the documentation will be forwarded to the Department of Revenue for final review. Assuming everything is in order, we're looking to receive a quick approval, which will allow us to mail the third and fourth quarter tax bills by the end of December with February 1 and May 1 due dates. So that's the context. So uh, the intent here, unless the, uh, the board has, um, has other thoughts, is um, I would review uh, the high points from the executive summary at the beginning of the presentation, which pretty much summarizes the entire presentation. Um, and then uh, we would uh, have the board discuss um, property value uh, changes amongst the, the classes. So you can get a sense of what's happened there. Uh, then the, the Board of Assessors will make their recommendation uh, uh, for the tax rate split, um, take questions from the board, hear comments from the public, and, um, and then uh, hopefully move to a, to a vote by the Board of Selectmen. that work? Sounds like a plan. 
Great. So um, flipping to the first page of text in the executive summary, um, the tax levy uh, is increasing by $2.5 million, or 5.57%, and that increase is comprised of the following. Um, $1.04 million as allowed by Proposition 2.5, a reduction of uh, $115,000 um, in decreased uh, excluded debt due to the scheduled amortization of existing debt and, and no new debt. So the total tax increase related to pre-existing property um, is 2.02% or 875000 on the existing levy. Um, new growth taxes uh, add 3.52% to the levy or $1.59 So we had, um, had a pretty good year this year in terms of um, new property value that was added uh, to the tax rolls. Uh, we continue to tax to the limits allowed by Prop 2.5. Um, however, Foxborough has no general overrides built into the levy, whereas 10 out of the 15 area communities have an average additional general override levy capacity of about $4.4 million. Um, first, I'll uh, talk about things specific to property values themselves. In uh, our fiscal 18 taxable property value increased by 6.74%, or just under $196 million. The average single-family uh, residential values, including condominiums, increased by 6.4%. Uh, the average business values decreased by 0.34%. Uh, um, over the last uh, 10 years, the average residential value has increased by 21,300, or 5.3%. The average single-family property value, including condominiums, has increased uh, this year by 25.6,000 to 425.2,000. The average single-family property value, excluding condominiums, so single-family homes, has increased uh, in a, this year by 28.7,000 or to 441.5,000. So um, significant increases in uh, residential property values this year. The residential class of property currently totals 77.44% of all property value in town, which remains significantly higher than the 2010 baseline year. The remaining 22.56 of property value is associated with the business property classes. Um, over the last eight years, residential property has increased from a low of 72.8% of the total valuation in fiscal 10 to the current 77.44%. This shift results in a continuing trend of more of the tax burden following on residential taxpayers than on business taxpayers. However, in fiscal 2012, the Board of Selectmen equalized this trend by splitting the tax rate, which had the effect of maintaining the tax burden split of fiscal 10. If the town reverted to a single tax rate, the tax impact to residential taxpayers um, re uh, resulting from this eight-year trend uh, value shifting away from business taxpayers is $2.2 million um, in additional tax burden alone for, for this year. Sorry. Um, the, regarding the tax rate itself, um, assuming no split tax rate, then the tax rate per thousand in assessed value uh, would increase by 2.26% or 34 cents for residential classes and would decrease by 10.2% or $1.75 for business classes. That's if, if we went to a single tax rate. Uh, assuming the current split was maintained, 
uh, the residential tax rate would decrease by about 47 cents to 14.57 per thousand, and the business rate would increase by a dollar and two cents to 18.15. Um, regarding the tax bill itself, and what I've provided you here is four different ways, four different options to look at as you consider setting the tax rate. So if we assumed a single tax rate, which we don't have today, um, the average single family tax, including condos, would increase 8.83% um, or $530 to $6,540. The average single family tax, excluding condos, would increase by 9.38% or $582 to $6,790. Um, the average uh, business tax would decline by 10.79% or about $1,327 to 10965 Assuming the current split was maintained, the average single-family tax, including condos, would increase by 3.09% or $186. The average single-family tax, excluding condos, would increase by about 3.62% or $225. And the average CIP tax would increase by about 5.27%. Uh, or $648. Assuming a reduced split that equalizes the tax increase percentage, what I mean by this is um, looking at the, the rate of the tax rate increase, trying to get that to be approximately the same between residential and business, uh, which is a little tricky because you're dealing with um, multiple classes of, of business property, and the personal property um, taxable accounts can skew the view of this because of the nature of personal property tax. It's um, assets that get replaced on a regular basis with short depreciation life cycles, and, um, and we picked up a significant amount of, of personal property assets to be taxed this year, $25 million in value. So that can skew the comparison. So, it's, so when, we, when we look at trying to commonize or equalize the rate of increase between residential in business is primarily focused on commercial and industrial, which is the lion's share of all of the business classes of properties, looking at residential compared to combination of commercial and industrial. So assuming a reduced uh, split that equalizes the tax increase percentage, average single-family tax, including condominiums, would increase by 3.24% or $194 to 6204 Average single-family tax, excluding condos, would increase by 3.76% or $234 to 6441 And the average CIP tax would increase by 4.93% or $606 to $12,897. And again, that number is skewed somewhat because of the nature of personal property tax. Um, assuming the originally targeted split, what I mean by that is the split that the Board of Assessors determined was sort of the baseline um, year of split of the tax burden between residential and business. That was in 2010, and the Board voted in 2012 and in 2014 to, to maintain that targeted split. So assuming the targeted split, um, the average single-family tax, including condos, would increase by 2.32% or $139. Average single-family tax, excluding condos, would increase by 2.84% or $176. And the average CIP tax would increase by 7.54% or $926. And in fiscal 18, assuming a single tax rate, 
of the top 12 taxpayers would comprise 16.4% or 7.82 million of the tax levy, and the remaining business taxpayers would comprise 11.36% or 5.41 million of the tax levy. Um, next section on the last page of text here is the area community comparisons. Um, and in order to do um, fair comparisons, fiscal 17, which is last year, is the last year that we that we have uh, a complete set of comparisons. We don't have those all in for this year, so that's why I'm referencing fiscal 17. Um, Foxborough's FY17 total valuation of taxable property was 1.78 billion of single-family property, and that's 19.2 percent, or 421 million less than. Uh, the average of the 15 area communities that surround us at, at 2.2 billion, and it's uh, it's a function of, uh, of several things, but a primary driver is the number of taxable parcels. So the number of our taxable parcels in this town um, is 16 and a half percent less than the average of the area communities, and that in and of itself, you know, does put Foxborough in comparison um, at a little bit of a disadvantage by not having as much taxable property. Um, to tax, at least on the residential side, compared to uh, other communities. Um, the average single-family valuation um, in seven, 2017 was uh, $412,000, 3.4% uh, lower than the average of the 15 area communities. And uh, our single-family tax bill in 17 was 6207 also 3.4% lower than the average of the 15 uh, area communities. Um, however, it's important to note that nine of the 15 area communities uh, did adopt a split rate tax structure, residential rate lower than, than the business rate. And if you recall from our, our last meeting about, um, about the uh, tax rate setting process, um, the fact that Foxborough's values uh, on average are 3.4% lower um, and our tax bill is also 3.4% lower. Given the fact that the town of Foxborough has no general overrides, you know, one would expect um, our tax bills to be lower, even lower than that in comparison to the other communities because the other communities have some pretty substantial um, uh, general overrides. And so that's a function of the, the reason why it's, it's, it's not lower is the function of the, the split, the tax rate split that's ultimately chosen, um, you know, uh, to, to set the tax rate. So it's, it's, uh, it's an argument for, um, you know, for a, a, a more aggressive split, but I'll leave the recommendation to the Board of Assessors. Um, shifting the fiscal 18 tax burden from residential to business, uh, the Board of Selectmen has the option to either maintain the single tax rate um, or establish a split tax rate. Um, shifts in residential factor, it's the term that's used, of up to 14.57% of the total tax burden could be approved by the board. That's the maximum for Foxborough that could be shifted, 14.57%. Um, and there are some examples here. Uh, minimum shift of 0.29% would reduce the average residential tax bill by just over $17 uh, and increase the average business tax bill by about $107. Um, a tax increase equalizing uh, the shift uh, would uh, would be 5.13% uh, reduce the average residential tax bill by $338 and conversely increase the average tax, business tax bill by about $1,932. Um, 
a 5.24% shift would maintain the current split, reduce the average residential tax bill by $346, again, compared to a single rate, uh, and increase the average business tax bill by $1,975. Returning to the targeted split um, of a 5.99% shift would reduce the average residential tax bill by $393 and conversely increase the average business tax bill by about $2,253. And uh, at at this point, I was going to have the board uh, discuss actually what's happened in fiscal 18 um, with property values, how they have changed from fiscal 17. Thanks, Randy. So at our last meeting, Mr. Feldman asked us to maybe educate the public and, you know, some of the misnomers uh, about their assessment. So one of the things that we wanted to just get out there at the beginning is, is that the values that you see on your assessed bill is um, values taken from uh, sales during fiscal, well, it would be calendar year 2016 for your next bill that's coming up. So we do have some people who come in who are looking for abatements who basically say, well, I bought my house last August and, you know, I didn't pay that or whatever the case may be. And, and that's really not what we could do. We have to take 12 months of sales, uh, arms leg sales. Uh, arms leg sales is typically what that means is that it's, uh, you know, a sale that um, a person will sell to another person uh, without any undue influences. influences. So, you know, a, a parent selling their house to their child for, you know, a below market, maybe they're holding a note, whatever the case may be, that's not really an arm's leg sale. There's no uh, realtor involved or anything like that. So those are not allowed to be used. But these are actual sales from one party to another. So I thought that would be important um, to bring that up. So one of the things that Randy talked about was is the the, the big de- decrease in the uh, commercial industrial that you saw there. And one of the questions that I asked, and as soon as I asked it, I think I realized what the answer was, is that one of the biggest um, pieces that was removed from the tax rolls was 33 Commercial Street, which is the old Foxborough Company, Bristol Park, across from the Shell Station. So there's two buildings back there, this unit, uh, Building 51 and Building 52. One is now uh, bought by a religious entity. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was removed from the, uh, you know, that's a Class A business building that's now um, considered religious. And the other one was uh, bought by the Foxwood Charter School, which is exempt in the educational. So what does that mean? Well, at that va- they still have a value. We can't tax them anymore. So now that piece of the pie now is being split amongst the every other apostle now in the uh, community. So with, with the split going back with uh, the zero uh, split, you know, you're looking at a 77.44% residential burden and the uh, commercial industrial is 2256 The residential value has gone up, I think everybody realizes, as soon as a, you know, uh, lower, uh, smaller house, starter home, if you, so to speak, goes on the market in Foxborough, it's gone. I mean, I, we have uh, people in the community that I know, as soon as those houses go on the market, they're gone, and they're being overbid for those, those <coughs> prices. So the values have gone up, and the, uh, the, you know, the sales have gone up for that aspect. So that's gone up, but again, the businesses. The other piece with the businesses is that the IEP, or the, um, yeah, 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 I and E's have dropped. Um, well, no, they haven't dropped. I'm sorry, 
they have the income and expenses are basically stayed the same from years past. So those the uh, rents have not gone up in the business aspect and things like that. So all those coming in and what Hanar has done too that most towns don't do is is that we do I and E's every year. So most communities do them every three. Yeah, every three to five years. We do them every year, so now we can get a really good base of where these are coming in as. And they're all validated by an outside consultant, too. So if somebody's doing these INEs and not really putting the numbers that they should be, we have a specialist that can look at that and realize that there's an error there. So those are all validated. So as we sat down with the, the um, comparisons that Randy did for us, so here's our what we come up with. So we're going to share the uh, burden. How are we going to do this? We could frame this two different ways. We're either going to increase the burden per the classes. So you either increase the burden on the commercial or you increase the burden on the residential. Or the other way to do it is, is and what we've done in the past, is that we've increased the percentages that have gone up. The, bill, the, the rates are going up. They, they do every year. Um, so what we've, we voted on three to zero is we looked at the uh, increase equal both classes. So that one would be the current split maintained. Uh, the, if you look at page, um, was it, four, pa page 15, um, in the far left column, you'll see 1.18. You going for the chat? Yeah. Yeah, page 15. So page 15 on the far left, right in the middle you'll see it, the, the red, if you have a, a color print, uh, you'll see the 1.18 CIP shift. And what that actually does is you get, for residential, you have a 3.4% plus or minus increase on that bill. And for the commercial industrial, if you take out the personal property, I think Randy uh, talked about that. The personal property on the bottom of the page of page four, you'll see a 10.77% increase on the personal property. That number kind of skews the other one. So for our purposes, we're just using the commercial industrial. Those are the bigger of the two numbers there. Um, and what you'll get there is, is around a 3.9% uh, increase in there. So... It's around a 5.24% shift to commercial. So we've taken the shift instead of putting all that burden. Because, again, we're taking 33 Commercial Street, both buildings, off the tax roll. So you're either going to throw that all back on the majority on the residential or we shifted it. So that's what we actually we looked at. So, again, our recommendation for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it's actually... 0.947556 uh, residential factor. That's the one that, whatever one you decide, that's what you have to actually vote on. And that's the one that the board voted on. And that's the same, yeah, same yep. split as last year that you did. And that, that actually corresponds to page four with the breakdown. So gives you a better look at that. We were talking about the average value increases in residential. It was uh, with condos was 3.4 percent and cap in uh, commercial and industrial were 3.9. So it's pretty fair. Let's we'll split there.
It's on page four. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. So that split that we're recommending is on page four. There, there is. Right. You might have another. There page is two four. fours. In go there. To the, yeah. yeah. There is. This is it, Jim. Yeah. Go. Page four on that. On the top, okay. it'll say current, current split. split. Yep. FY seventeen maintained. Seventy-three point thirty-eight percent. Gotcha. Thank you. I think at this point we're, we're ready for questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was the um, the combined value of the loss of those two buildings? It was about thirteen to fourteen yeah. million as taxable, but now that it's split, it's actually twenty million. With the improvements, but non-taxable now. So you're recommending that the fiscal year 2017, the 73.4, the 26.6, be carried over to 2018? Correct. Yes. The same percentages? Yes. And again, the reason for that is that the percentage of increases is about the same. Right. Again, we're just looking at mm -hmm. sharing the, the percentage increases across all classifications. In that same split from 2017 to 2018, what page does it have the average commercial and average residential for that tax current increase? split? Yeah, uh, well, the current split in 2017, carrying it over to 2018. Page four? Yeah, it's still five? back to that page four. Page four. Same. Yep. So even even though the the shift would be an increase on the cost per thousand because the valuations went up, will actually be a slight increase on the mm -hmm. tax bill. Yeah, the the total valuations of all property value in the town residential values went up in total, 198 million. Business values in total went down two and a half million. So that's what's causing um, a much, uh, much sharper shift and burden to residential this particular year. And I think what you, you have to look at too is what, you know, again, I think I say this every single year, but you know, that's the great thing about this being every year because we do have over the next year or two, you have Foxville Plaza, hopefully that hotel will be built. <laughs> Um, but you have that being finished. You have the entire Foxville Plaza uh, being finished. There's an, a Moe's restaurant going in, a Starbucks going in, um, the uh, Fit Factory, they're being built now. And then let's look up um, at Patriot Place. You now have the new Partners Building being built. That's a 100,000-square-foot medical building, uh, five-story building being built as we speak. So there's a lot of 
new um, exciting projects coming online. Unless, I mean, reality is reality. Something is going to be coming across Route One. Something, um, you know, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, but we're looking at hopefully again that'll take some of the burden again off of the uh, residential, and that's our goal. I mean, it really is is. Again, it's, we're trying to spread it out amongst all the classifications, but you know that's reality. Those are coming, so that's what we're hoping for, to make up for the loss of uh, 33 commercial. But I, think, I think our goal, as well as your goal, is to bring that percentage share of the burden down around 70%, 70 to 30, 70% residential, 30% uh, commercial uh, business, uh, is is kind of like utopia. Anytime you get down below seventy percent, you know you're gonna, you're going to see your your residential tax rates going down. I mean, I look at at the comparisons. I went on um, division of local services. And I look at the comps um, of those communities that have the have the split rates, and the town of Foxborough. Um, Cost per thousand is the lowest of any community within our comps uh, that has a split tax rate, um, and, and no general overrides. And, and no, and no general overrides. Mm -hmm. So I, I say that because there is there is room to shift that burden uh, to the businesses a little bit. I mean, we're not in risk of saying, "Oh, you don't want to go to Foxborough because they overtax you." You look at the surrounding communities, and it's, I mean, you, you look at, um, you know, you can take Walpole, $20.41 a thousand, Westwood, $28 and change a thousand, Dedham, $31 uh, a thousand, uh, Canton's $26 a thousand. So, you know, last year we were at 17. So there is a little bit of room. Um, you know, we want to be cognizant. We don't want to. Um, punish people, um, but I, I think it's a little unfair that the, when a, a commercial property comes off the, uh, the tax rolls, that the burden's borne by uh, the residential taxpayer 100%. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for recommending an equalized uh, shift. Um, but then it begs the question, can, should we do more? Can we do more? Can we move it a little bit? Um, I think that's the discussion that, that we as, as the board um, needs to have. So, so you have a three-member board? Was it mm -hmm. unanimous? Yes. yes, it is. Okay. I remember the, the year that you presented the split versus the 50-50, and you said, you and we had this discussion a lot, mm -hmm. you were torn because private businesses versus you know, resident or businesses versus residential, is it the message that we're saying we're going to tax the business, overtax the businesses, and what is it going to do to a business coming in? So that was in 2012. Yeah. So in the last five years, did it have a, did it have that lasting effect or a detrimental effect that it's a split now and we're taxing the commercial more than the residential? Have you seen that kickback, or that not kickback. I'm sorry. The feedback of <laughs> the, the uh, well, did it kick back to us saying, "Now you get what you want. The businesses aren't right. coming." I don't. I don't see it. But from your position, have you heard? I, that? I don't actually see that either. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, you look at you know you know how you look at 
what kind of talents do you compare us? I mean, on the football field, you know, we're enemies, but in reality, Mansfield is like the sec- our, our cousins. And, and I look at their huge industrial park that they have, and, and you drive through there, and there is um, there's a lot of, um, you know, for rent signs and things like that. Yeah. But, but, you know, and they just recently readjusted their split. And I look at, you know, you know Fox, Foxville Plaza, and, and people are coming into the community. Um, the, the Hanover behind the 99, you know, I mean, whether you liked it or not, but, man, that thing went up, and that's going to be great revenue coming into the oh. town as we speak. So there are businesses and entities coming into the town who want to come into town. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cost of doing business, and then, you don't, I mean, you don't need to read the papers and see, you know, GE and things like that. They're going where the best bang for the buck and looking for, things back from the community, but they're still moving into traditionally high-tax uh, entities, and I don't, I don't feel that we, we, we project that at all. Yeah, okay. Thank you. On page 15, the three highlighted um, courses of actions, were those the three that you guys talked, discussed, debated? Well, the, the first one, yeah, the lowest one in red, do you have it in color? I have, yeah. yeah. Do I mean that? That's when we initially, I think, 2010 went to the split rate. So that was the we first, that's, so that's what we compare everything by. That's the original targeted split. Yeah, that's where we where we started from when we did it, and I think we've gone back to that. Randy, did you say a couple times Twice we've gone back in, to that uh, split? 2012, 2014, and then it's mm-hmm. kind of wiggled around that ever since. All right. So and, did you guys have a lot of discussion on possibly? Going back to that one at all, or no? I, we honestly didn't. Um, that's it, that looks. That's too much of a. a uh, I think we felt there was too much pushing that onto the commercial. And again, I think like you know what Jim says. I, you still want to be, you know, you don't want to scare away businesses. Um, and I think going from where we are today back to that, you know, I think it's is is kind of extreme. So again, we were looking to, again, looking at framing it. How do you want to do this? The percentages in the front, far right corner, those are your splits. That's where your your burden is. Or do you want to take what is the uh, the, the rate going up to? And we looked at three and a half percent, three point eight percent is more uh, equitable when you're looking across all those classes. So. That's, that was our thought process looking at the, all of those. And uh, that original split is on page six, Chris. And it kind of shows you we were trying to average out to be fair. Residential uh, values, you know, saw an increase of 3.74 and 6.1% on the commercial. That's what I mean, what they'd see in the increase. So you'd be putting more back on the, you know, commercial and industrial. And to show you an example, at the current rate, uh, I was going to make sure I have this right. It's the current rate. If we stay with it, the tax bill for residential, not condo, is two twenty-five. And this one here, if we went back to the original, would be one seventy-six uh, for the residential. But it would be a big burden on the commercial. It would go from three fifty-nine on our current rate to six hundred if we made that change to go back. So, so we did put a lot of. Yeah, you know, we went over every single scenario here, and what would be the fairest? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, you a question on process, and I, and I probably asked the same question last year, and I don't know if it was scheduled that the way that this process works out, but you gave us all the information, and you gave us the three options, but at no point did you put your recommendation down in writing to give to us beforehand. What, what's the reasoning? Is it, is it schedule, or why, why wouldn't you do that? Well, we, I think it's we, we would have to start this process a lot earlier to get onto your schedule um, to figure that out. But we did, we received all our packets last week and, you know, we, we reviewed them and then, um, and then we actually, the reality is, is that the, the odds are that, and I think Randy puts it in there that we were going to go for a split rate, but where are we, where is that split? Yeah, but so, but what, you what, met on this and you voted on it. What I would also add though, is that the, the values themselves, which, drive all of the the numbers so that the property values weren't certified until november 9th so we, we try to move very quickly to then start crunching the numbers and actually show scenarios that you know that um you know can be mm -hmm. discussed and voted on there's really nothing to discuss um other than concepts which we had we you know the boards discussed concepts before that you know, based on what we think is happening before the values are certified with terms of value shifts. But then once we get the value certified, that's when all the number crunching, you know, happens really fast, and, and then we schedule the meetings, you know, to, to focus on specifics right after that. So, so when did this, when did your board take the vote that it was unanimous to go to this, this same? This evening? Okay. It's just when I see in the packet that it'll be presented to us mm -hmm. tonight. Um, I don't know if it would make a difference if we had that information of what your vote was. That way we'd consider it rather than trying to do this all tonight. Right. That's all I'm asking. I think, you know, technically we could have, could have scheduled the hearing for two weeks later, um, even though the, the board probably would have resolved itself. You would have had, you know, their recommendation in advance. But then what that does is that puts an extreme crunch on the back end on the on the, yeah. the, the finance office to then actually get this all done and get the bills out etc so we try to create a process at least for getting the bills out that works we could err on the side on giving the board more time if you want uh, it, yeah they, no I, I, you actually make sense it would you know if you look at it in that aspect yeah i, I wouldn't mind sitting down and coming up with something that we can all agree on and then sleep on it and then come back and vote but it's always the dor and everything else just the timing is just okay thank you any questions no i thought it was well presented public comment any members from the uh Audience, have any questions or concerns, comments? <laughs> she said no. I, 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 you know, I, it, it, it's, it's kind of comical, but I think that's what I'm getting at is, is we're about to make a decision. We can't rely on one person in the audience. If, if people have something to say, it, it, yes, they should be here. Mm -hmm. But if it was out for two more weeks, you would hear stuff. You would get something in the paper. And people would have more of an opportunity to give their input. So I, I, have, a, I, I have a comment on that. Mm -hmm. About a month ago, we asked the Board of Assessors to come in mm -hmm. and do a presentation. I don't, I don't think you were 
No, you, you handed me. The, I read it, but you had handed it to me. Yeah. Do this whole presentation, all about this and the process and everything else. Um, it was publicized. Not one person showed up. Oh, I know. It's painful. I, 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 we're saying the same <laughs> so, thing. It's like, so it's like, how, how much more time do you, do you give people to come up with with something, mm -hmm. just in case? I, you know what? I don't have any, any compassion for, for people that, that say they want to be part of the process. And when you invite them to be part of the process, they don't show up. And then after the fact, they complain that they weren't part of the process. No, I, I, I fully agree. So. This is a this is. I mean, Randy spent ten minutes going through the your eye spin. Mm -hmm. The summary is what's important. If you ask two people to try to figure that out two weeks ago, it's diff it, it can't be done. But to hear the summary explained at the level that you did at the last five minutes, there's there's a big benefit to that. If you saw this two weeks ago, what questions are you going to ask? It's like, you know, we have a X amount, of how many million dollar budget? No questions. You try to change the sign on the town common and, and everyone hits the roof. You know, people's, people's comfort level is what they can understand. This is difficult to understand. The summary is easier to understand. That's all I'm saying. Right. But you know? The fact that nobody went to that, that educational and That was really instructive. Meeting. And, it, and Randy did a yeah. great job laying it out and, and trying to make it in, in layman's terms. And that would have been an opportunity for people to kind of pose their questions and then come back tonight and, and ask the questions. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else, what else we can do. To we, did, we did publicize that, um, that document on the website and actually uh, presented it to a senior men's breakfast, actually covered the, the highlights of that, um, of that document, you know, there. And I actually... Spoke about this process here, the you know the decision that the board has to make, and you know if you're interested, you know this is an important meeting. So, and cable access too. Yep. I mean, they're in high def now. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> they look good. <laughs> you had a, you had a question. I was at that meeting. Yeah. Yes. You you were the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a good group. One hundred percent of the group was at that meeting <laughs> right, yeah. tonight. <laughs> All one. I'll ask you. Was that informative? Yeah, and I don't think we're better or worse than other towns. It's, it's people, I don't know what it is. They don't mm -hmm. want to get involved. They don't want to spend that's, the that's time. That's typical of our regular meetings, too. Unless there's someone there that wants to meet with the, you know, the committee here, I mean, the assessors, we have no one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all we can do is offer it. Exactly. Make, make it available. And if people want to show up, great. Yeah. If they don't, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, there are people who are watching this on, on cable access which is amazing, but they actually do, and I know them personally, and they're watching right now, and they get this, and I, maybe there's a group out there that there's a lot more that do watch online, and kudos to the cable access, because they make it very easy to go and find the past meetings so you could actually watch them, yeah. uh, again, at your convenience. So that aspect is, is so maybe, maybe the word is getting out there, and they just don't, they they feel that we're, they're being well represented by mm. all of us where they elected. Yeah, you know, may not, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but people may not be able to come to a meeting, but certainly they see the selectman at the grocery store, out at the post office. They have our uh, email addresses. They can call, you know, make calls. I've heard Zippo of mm -hmm. um, any mm -hmm. questions. So there's so. two ways to look at that. No, when, first of all, it's, it's, it's consistent with what's going on nationwide. 
Mm. Issue number one. Number two, if it was really a problem, you definitely would have heard about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other the other thing is we're all taxpayers in town too. That's right. Right. So whatever whatever we decide on affects us as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we want to do. We don't get a reduced rate. Family and friends. We want to do what's, what's fair and, 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 and what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think we do a pretty good job of, of, of doing that on a on a regular regular basis. So uh, any more questions or comments from the audience? No. Want to close move, the public hearing? move to close the public hearing. Second. Uh, motion made, second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. So now we need uh, so move to approve. Yeah, the motion would be to to approve the recommendation of the uh, board of assessors, or unless the board has an alternative recommendation. Yeah. No, move to approve the recommendation of the uh, board of assessors. If, if you could uh, just Oops. reference the residential yeah. factor itself, that that uh, six-digit uh, number. Zero point nine four seven five five six. Correct. Residential factor. With a residential factor of zero point nine four seven five five six. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks great, great presentation. Thanks, Joe. Motion to close the yeah. Board of Assessors. Second. All those in favor? Thank Another you. Another unanimous vote. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank the great. Board as well as Hannah and, and uh, yeah. Rain for yeah. doing that. Nice job, both yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Thanks, Thanks, Hannah. I'll have uh, something for you to sign after your meeting. We'll leave it at uh, yeah. Okay. Well, a little behind schedule. Um, Selectman's update. Uh, earlier this evening, we had <clears throat> ribbon cutting ceremony for this new town hall. Very well attended. Um, thought it was nicely done. Um, did a good job. Um, last Saturday, we had the Veterans Day ceremony at the high school. Again, Mike Johns and Matt McKenzie did a great job putting that together. Um, so. Couple, couple of good things in the last last few days. And Jim, I know you have the the turkeys. Yeah, they're going out again. next Saturday. Um, you know, the the Davis kids just brought us a pile of cards to give to them. Uh, Mary Smith, uh, teacher at the Taylor School, uh, gave us a box, or they made them up today. So we've got um, a trailer of turkeys and desserts going out on Saturday to them. So. Uh, thanks for everyone that re- reached out and donated, and um, another good year. So, Anybody uh, have anything else? One other thing I wanted to add. This this goes back a couple of years, uh, and thank you for writing the letter on behalf of the selectmen. Oh. Um, December 5th, a group of us are traveling to the Senate, to the State House, to present the state bill. Uh, this, going back a few years ago, the Child Sex Abuse Awareness Committee was formed, and then we th- this board made a commitment to bring it as far as we can. So there was two bills that have been kind of hanging out there. One was our local bill representing the homo petition Mm -hmm. to increase the number or or required mandated reporters from teachers to sports and YMCA and all those other groups. Uh, That kind of took a life of its own and got approved through the House, but there was also a recommendation at the Senate 
to create a different bill that's statewide. And then that's what we're presenting on December 5th. So uh, because of what Foxborough did, there's going to be ramific uh, a benefit to the entire state that all of the towns will have to increase their mandated reporters. So we're reaching out. We've got representatives from clergy, from uh, some, some abuse victims, from the school, from public safety, uh, to go in front of the Senate on December 5th to make that presentation. Uh, so the House approved it. Hopefully the Senate will approve it, and then that bill will get passed. Eye-opening, long process. It's taken years. Um, but I think at the, you know, the, the Foxborough didn't make it as far because they thought, why do it just for Foxborough? Because someone coming into Foxborough is not going to know the rules, so why make it different? I'm very happy that it's gone statewide. So hopefully it will be a big um, big advantage to the state if this thing goes through. Are you going to vote on it when you guys are in there? Uh, we, the chairman of the Senate came to meet with us um, not too long ago, and um, it, it was kind of up to him to get comfortable with it. I think he's comfortable with it now. Um, you never know what happens on the floor, but we make presentations, this testimony. They'll probably take it under advisement, tweak it a little bit, um, but it's a huge step. Good job. So, so did, that, did that have anything to do with, um, I know that the chairman had sent a letter to, to the, yeah, that, that the it, it did. Um, yeah. uh, chairman Feldman wrote a letter basically saying it's important to us. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Um, and it was a month or so ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it literally took me um, 15 phone calls to find out who the best person is to send that letter to. Because you just you, you don't want to send it to a black hole. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, it, like Jim said, it's, it's, it's a process. It is a process. Yeah. So, so that went, um, again, there was two bills. That one was for H. 77, which yeah. I just don't think it, it's not going to make it. In, in Representative Barrows basically said it's probably not going to make it. Focus on the state bill. Wait, well, why? The Senate bill? The, the bill I referenced was H77, which is a statewide bill. The state bill? bill? Okay. The, the local bill, H76, yep. basically doesn't exist anymore. Okay, gotcha. It, so yeah. um, we, we, the letter fully supports H77, um, and... The 16 co-sponsors of that bill were copied on that letter. Yep. Um, so not only do you have uh, overwhelming town support through uh, town meeting, you have 16 co-sponsors of the bill. Um, so hopefully we get enough momentum in the, in the joint committee to, to get it out of there. And this is actually quite timely in terms of what's going on in the press these days about this very topic. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. So mm -hmm. this is a good time to have that issue surface. Yep. And the only, I guess, say the only downside or the, or the piece missing is it has a very wide range of people that are now going to be mandated reporters, and it says you have to do the training. It's somewhat of an unfunded mandate mm -hmm. because there's training there now, but you know people just don't do it. You know we've we've embraced the entire time. We've had thousands of people go through darkness to light. Um, there's a cost and there's an effort. I just don't know if the state has the ability to bring it to the next level. So what we're trying to decide now in that presentation is do we present it and walk away with a victory or do we present it with an amendment on the floor that talks about the next step, which may might make people uncomfortable. 
So we're, we're trying to figure that out between now and December 5th. And, and Next step being the funding mechanism to train yeah, everybody? Yeah, if we say everyone needs to get trained, a reasonable person, all right, what's the training process? You know, the same, same training process has been there since the 60s and 70s. It's just somewhat non-existent. So, um, and, and I got to give kudos to, to Representative Jay Barrows, who came to, has been coming to our meetings and being a huge advocate. He's done everything he could on the, on the House level, but once it's in the Senate, um, he's still pushing for it, but it's up to the Senate to Has anybody get reached through. out to Senator Feeney about this now? Or? He's going to, yeah, we did. Um, Linda Walsh did, and uh, we're told that he's going to be at the meeting on December. I haven't spoken to him about it, but he'll be there on December 5th. As, as the new uh, senator. Great. Okay. And hopefully um, we'll put you on the spot, but maybe you can make it as well. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's I was assuming December you were going to be there. It's December 5th. Yeah, then. that's fine. Yep. So. Good. All good stuff. Um, While we're on Selectman's update, just want to update people on the memorial funding. We're still short. I told Mike we should have passed a hat out here tonight. Uh, <laughs> some good donations we're about there. nine grand short. That's still pretty good, though. I mean, how yeah. how, how much um, how much is total raised so far? Um, fifty thousand six hundred and thirty-six dollars. Remember, sixty thousand. Yeah, so we're just about there. We'll make it. Great, thank you, Bill. Um, so just a, a couple of things. Um, First of all, thanks. I want, to, I want to say thanks to everyone who really supported the effort to put that presentation on tonight. The ribbon-cutting effort was a uh, there was a lot of folks involved in that effort. So um, I want to say thanks to everyone. I particularly want to put a shout out to, to Bill Kaspar and to, to Deb Cochran for cutting that ribbon tonight. That was a special moment for both of them. Um, Deb had spent her entire career in the in the old building, and and she was she spent uh, just last few months in this building, so she's thrilled in the new space. Uh, Bill Kaspara uh, treated this project like it was his own house, mm -hmm. and he did a phenomenal job of, of, you know, even the last-minute things like running around putting pictures up today. Um, that's That was Bill. You know, that's what he does. You know, he's, he's just the go-to guy in the building, so we really, uh, really appreciate the fact that both of them were uh, able to cut that ribbon tonight because it, it meant something special to them, both of them, so glad to be able to have them do that. Um, the, uh, tonight we had we had a couple of proclamations sent to us, both by by Representative Barrows, who of course was in, in Boston in session, along with Senator Feeney. Senator Feeney said he will be coming to our next meeting. I believe he's going to try and get on our, our agenda for the next meeting. So okay, we might well just make a note of that to make sure we reach out to him. Um, he, he will present his own proclamation, but um, both uh, legislators were able to actually get one from the governor as well, uh, which was uh, which reads uh, reads accordingly. Uh, to the town of Foxborough, on behalf of the citizens of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, I am pleased to confer upon you the governor's citation and recognition of the joyous occasion of the opening of your new town hall this 14th day of, October, of November in the year 2017, signed by both Charles Baker and Karen Polito, Lieutenant Governor. So uh, thank you to both of them. We'll, we'll actually frame this in somewhere and have this in town hall so to commemorate this day as well. Um, I want to say also a, a quick thanks to, um, and, and let me just read the, the one from, from Representative Barrows. We hereby know that all the Massachusetts House Representatives' offices and serious congratulations to the town of Foxborough, recognition of the official opening and ribbon cutting of the new Foxborough Town Hall. The entire membership extends its very best wishes and expresses hope for future good fortune and continued success in all endeavors. 
given its 14th day of November at the State House in Boston, Massachusetts by, by Robert A. DeLeo, Speaker of the House, offered by Representative um, F.J. Barrows. So thank you to, to him and to, uh, and to the governor for, and governor's office for recognizing this important day in, in Foxborough history. I want to say thanks to the, um, uh, the historical commission who, were the, who actually selected the pictures that you see around town hall. We're not completely done. Um, I see Jenny picked a couple out herself, and she was helpful in picking out uh, the one, uh, the, uh, the, fox, uh, the fox picture, as well as uh, the picture that celebrated our, we actually found some stuff in some of her, her, her classic materials that she's, she's maintained. So thank you for that. Um, so those, we're still working on those pictures to get some real, to add a little bit of the old with the new, and to really add some, add some real character to the building. Um, we, I, just to remind the two that we're actually having a, a carved, engraved um, uh, seal that's going to be going right behind the uh, the chairman's uh, chairman's desk, and uh, we'll be we'll be should be ready sometime around Christmas time, maybe a little bit before then. So we should be able to hang that, and as well, and that's uh, that's going to be a nice that's hand, being hand carved by a veteran in town. So we're very very pleased to be able to have that piece. Um, we started the budget process this week for FY18. Hard to believe we'll just set the tax rate tonight. We started the budget process again for FY18, so sort of an uh, evolving process that we always go through. Um, we're having our first department head meeting to talk about that process tomorrow, and um, we'll be keeping everybody in the loop about that. We finished. Uh, we have one more hearing before the finance committee and for the ADCOM tomorrow night, uh, which will be held in, this, in these chambers uh, tomorrow night. Um, to finalize the warrant for the special town meeting, which will be held on December 4th. So, again, that's to the public to make sure you note your calendar. Um, not a lot of controversial things on there, but we just want to make sure that everybody's, we, we have enough people to show up that night to get the town's business completed. So uh, that concludes my report. Um, I just have one thing for the board. I'm going to ask Caitlin to pass it down. Um, we now have this beautiful meeting room, and a lot of people are requesting to use this meeting room. So uh, we worked over the last year with the, with town hall and um, selectmen's meeting room and the two conference rooms in mind uh, with a committee made up of folks from public safety, council on aging, IT, our office, um, to come up with a meeting room use policy. And I'm giving it to the board tonight in hard copy to take a look at, and I'm hoping to get it on your agenda for the next meeting so that uh, you can give us your comments on this. Uh, this is the latest draft that the committee has presented to you. Um, the vehicle by which we're going to be scheduling this meeting room and um, the way public safety is already being scheduled uh, is going to be through Outlook on our calendars with someone from our office as an approver of the town hall meeting rooms uh, for Council on Aging. Someone from Council on Aging is an approver and um, public safety, they already have a process in place. Um, so this is to allow for um, boards and committees who want to use it, um, anybody who's affiliated with a, a town or board committee who would like it, uh, we just want to have, uh, have it out there. When You can go on and view when you have access to our Outlook calendar, um, if the room's occupied or not. Uh, we have a time frame listed in here. We have the capacity of the rooms. We have some guidelines. So we'd like to run it by the board, get your feedback on this, and um, talk to you about it at your next meeting.
The goal would be to implement this by the first of the year so that we have a fair um, process for everyone to follow that's been vetted uh, by all levels of the organization. Just, just a thought. Is it, would it be advantageous to run it for a couple months to see the plus the positives and negatives before we come up with a policy to see how it runs and functions and you know you set a policy before it's even used yet? Are we, well, it's, are it's we really missing for, something? It's for, it's for all the buildings. It's not just for this building. It's yeah. It's um. It's we had buildings. to um, formalize public safety was having some questions about oh, okay. um, long term use. Council on Aging had some questions. So that's why we came up with this as a group. Oh, um, I see. For Town all Hall, meeting public rooms. Safety. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, they had requested to talk to us about, you know, times when they had to decide between one person using it or not, or someone who wants to schedule an entire year, and what does that mean to their schedule. So we thought with this building coming online, we'd meet with these groups um, and run it by uh, all of the people who are currently managing the rooms plus the board to see um, what you thought. We, we actually have had a couple of folks feel very strongly about being, making sure they have access to a building. Um, you know, political meetings are really inappropriate for town buildings, um, and so they want to use them for that purpose. And so we this, this policy addresses that specifically, and um, that's why we want you to read it and, and respond back to us because um, we've taken a few positions here on this that, that we want to make sure that you're, you're in full concert with. Um, it's just that, you know, town buildings are supposed to be neutral grounds, so we're not supposed to take a position either way, and that's why we try and maintain neutrality. Mm-hmm. So um, over the next two weeks, I know Thanksgiving's in the middle of that, but if you could send us your thoughts, you can send them to me, your thoughts or your comments on this policy. Um, we'll prepare all the comments in a draft for you at the next meeting. It'll be on board docs. So. Do you have... Um uh, a meeting coming up with the policy board? With? The policy committee? Yeah, the policy committee. Not, for this, not, not for this meeting? Not related to this, but... Um, oh, for the personnel board? Yeah, the personnel board. We had a meeting but we, last week scheduled, but we didn't have a quorum. So um, the next one is November 28th. Okay. Um, is that it? That's it. Just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. That's right. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you for reminding me. This is the last meeting before that, right? How to believe. Yep. Yeah. Action items? Yep. Uh, move to approve the uh, 103117 Board of Selectmen's minutes. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? All right. Uh, move to approve an early liquor license extension for the DNN Corporation doing business as Olive and Mint Ambrosia. Uh, for 11 a.m. for New England Patriots Sunday home games on 1126, 1224, and 1231. For Easter on 4118. For Mother's Day on 51318. And for Father's Day on 61718. Second. Uh, motion made, second. And further discussion. Um, since we haven't adopted... 11 o'clock is okay. It's 11 10 o'clock. o'clock. It's, it's 10 o'clock. That's the issue. Okay. That ends that discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All those in favor? All right. 
move to approve an extended closing uh, hour for DNN Corporation doing business as Olive and Mint Ambrosia for New Year's Eve 12 31 17. Second. What is the discussion? There's no time frame. Do we have a. Um, yeah, typically there's a. It's, it's like 1 o'clock. It's 2, it's two o'clock for that. Right? Yeah, but there's also a condition that. It, they stay open, but alcohol is not served, and they provide food. The, the benefit of staying open later right. is to, to give them time to um, sober up. <laughs> I was going to say it, but <laughs> adapt to you know, yeah, serve- equilibrium, uh, whatever it is. The alcohol you know? serving time is an extended, is an extended. Right. Right. Their hours. Okay. Their hours. So. On this, though, it doesn't have an hour. It just says we want to stay so, open. Uh, so you, you might want to say, you might give the approval with that, that it can close no later than 2 o'clock. And, and last uh, last call for service would be twelve thirty, which is what you what you typically do. Don't right? don't you send out a letter anyway mm-hmm. with we that do. information? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But if you want to just clarify for the record, that's up to you. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, um, so um, uh, move to approve the extended closing hours of uh, two a.m. with um, no last, last call for service. Last call for service at twelve thirty. For the uh, DNN Corporation doing business as Olive and Mint Ambrosia for New Year's Eve 12 31 17. Again, under discussion, is there a in our bylaw does it say they have to close at one o'clock or one thirty? All the licenses, to, the license, your licenses typically say one o'clock, Jim. For, for serving alcohol or, or the, the doors? The, the licenses usually, yeah, they, they have to be shut down by one usually. So the issue is that you have to you have to request an extension specifically for that. Irregardless of the alcohol, they have to. Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Fair enough. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve the gift donation. Um, no, I apologize. Skipped one. Move to approve uh, the recreations annual light up the town event for eleven twenty five seventeen from four p.m. to seven p.m. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $135 to the Council on Aging for Dana Zeiser's travel to Charleston, South Carolina from the Friends of Foxborough Seniors. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $125 to the Council on Aging in memory of Jerry Norwood from Anonymous. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. I move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $300 to the Boyden Library for a donation of museum passes from the Foxborough Lions Club. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $100 to Veterans Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Linda. McCoy. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Move to approve the gift donation in the amount of $194.01 to Veteran Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from the patrons of Bill's Barbershop. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Bill's Barbershop is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> every, every every meeting they get a big pile. Yeah. 
I move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $25 to Veteran Services for the Iraq and Afghanistan War Memorial from Constance and John Stather. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, move to approve the gift donation in the amount of $210 to the ACO for adoption fees from Ann and Andrew Aho. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Move to adjourn. Second. Uh, motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Good night, everyone.